Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. I'm going to Susan Swift, also an attorney, wife, a mother of five, assistant director of Right to Life League, one of the first pro-life organizations in America that was birthed in Southern California. She's going to talk about the media battle, including just having gone on Dr. Phil's show, which I'm quite interested in because I've been on that show twice. And I want to hear what her experience was. Susan White, we go to you right now. Susan Swift, I mean, to you right now. Susan, if you'll unmute. Susan, you're there. Checking one more time. I'm there. Yes. Can you hear me now? I sure can. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for having me on. Yes, my name is Susan Swift. I am the Vice President of Legal Affairs at the Right to Life League, America's first pro-life organization. We were founded in 1967. Um, I, I wanted to, to tell you a couple of things about Proposition 1 that a lot of people haven't really realized, and this message is very, very important. In addition to the concerns about abortion, what the broad scope of the language will do is frightening. I want to read to you what exactly the what it says. It's very simple. It says the state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom in their most intimate decisions, which includes their fundamental right to choose to have an abortion and their fundamental right to choose or refuse contraception. All right. It goes much farther than abor abortion because it says the state shall not deny or interfere with an individual's reproductive freedom. What does that mean? What that could mean is that Proposition 1, if it is enacted and put into our Constitution, it can eliminate state oversight of surrogacy, buying and selling of eggs and sperm and other reproductive technologies so that a girl or a woman can sell her eggs and rent her womb privately with companies that profit from that. That will lead to exploitation because you see that will be her fundamental right her reproductive freedom, as it will be for people who want to buy eggs and rent wombs. It will enable the sexual exploitation for profit by doing th that. And it will also enable incest and polygamy because the, the rules against incest and polygamy would be interfering with your reproductive freedom. So how are, they, how are courts going to look at our very traditional uh, health restrictions against, you know, brothers and sisters or, aunt, you know, an uncle and a niece, all of those kind of relationships because of consanguinity? That's an issue, right? That's a health concern. But here we are contemplating putting something in our Constitution that could override that. And so an uncle and a niece uh, doesn't, you know, mother and son, all of those bans against incest and polygamy even could go out the window because Prop 1's language is so very broad. Again, it goes beyond abortion. It goes into any freedom that you want. It also is unrestricted as to age. So there wouldn't be any restriction on a 10-year-old having a relationship with a 30-year-old man. There isn't any. There's no it, it goes into our Constitution. So this is very dangerous to our children, because, as you know, in California, uh, children at, as young as 12, they have the right to get their abortion, even without their parental knowledge or consent. I worked very hard trying to years ago, trying to get at least parental notification on the ballot. And that wasn't even successful. So parents have no right to know 
that their daughter, age 10 or 12, sometimes there are, uh, it's, I think it's called precocious um, fertility or, or precocious men, uh, menarch. The girls as young as eight or nine can start their periods. And so you could have an eight or a nine or a 10 year old girl in the public schools being referred through the very new school-based healthcare centers. This is um, AB, I'm sorry, SB 1940 that was just passed and it's just waiting to be signed. That sets up school-based healthcare centers in all of our public schools, either in or very near healthcare centers. So a girl can go to the nurse, the nurse can refer her for an abortion or especially the chemical pills because that is included in an SB uh, 1940, is reproductive health care. So she can go get her abortion pills or even be referred for a surgical abortion out of school, and the parents will never know. And again, once we put Proposition 1 into our state constitution, that becomes her fundamental reproductive right, the child's, and there will be no other oversight. So those are some concerns that I wanted to raise because it, it, it has also no restriction on mental capacity. So some maybe a Down syndrome child or some other person who has mental capacity issues can be exploited and maybe trafficked. And that would be her reproductive freedom, her right under Proposition 1. Um, and it again, it, it, it may even go as far. We, we don't know how courts will interpret this, but there's also a risk that this very, very broad grant of reproductive freedom as a fundamental right, it could actually strip the state from the ability to oversee and regulate uh, abortion clinics or even pro-life clinics, even OBGYNs, because if I have a fundamental right to get any kind of uh, health care that I want for reproductive care, I should be able to go without regard to their licensure, without whether they are, you know, if it's a backstreet alley abortion, no matter what, they don't have to be licensed or, or supervised by the state. I don't know if it'll go that far, and I don't know if California judges would interpret that. But once you say, I have a fundamental right to my reproductive choices, how can you, the state, tell me which one I can go to and which one I can't, right? Which ones are, are you know, appropriate? And I did want to update Esther, uh, the attorney who just appeared before me. I know, Esther, you were talking about um, AB 2223. And I think, um, double check, but as far as I know, I've just checked the website while I was wa watching. That has been passed. It was not struck down. AB it wasn't, yeah. No, it was not. It's on, it's on, that's right. It's on Governor Newsom's it's, desk exactly. for his approval or veto. Right. We have to it call is, and say no. It is, it is on his desk. AB 2223 is the bill that is the law that will absolutely strip away the Roe versus Wade viability standard and make abortion practically legal through all nine months and into the first month of the baby's life. That is AB 2223. It has passed. It has been enrolled. I just checked. Enrolled means it's waiting for the governor. He has up to 30 days. I don't know exactly. The, I think it was September 1st that it was enrolled. So he has until October 1st to sign it or do a pocket veto. So that, that law right there, it will be in place before Proposition 1 is even voted on the ballot. So Proposition 1 will, will help codify it. But it already, look, Proposition 1 goes farther than, much farther and much broader than abortion. They have already, the legislature has already passed 15 abortion expansion bills. As I mentioned, uh, AB 1940, um, and the AB 2223, 
so many others. One that's uh, uh, SB 1375, which is reducing standards of care procedures for nurses and uh, OBs to follow, things like that. There, there are already 15 laws that have already been, they're already waiting for signature. Proposition one goes farther than that. It will strip away our, any any limitation on someone's ability to say, this is my reproductive freedom and you can't interfere with it. So it's a very dangerous bill and it should be voted down uh, because it will amend our constitution and it may have untold, unforeseen consequences that these, look, at best, at best proposition one is merely virtue signaling because it's not specific, it's very broad and it, it could be just, yay, we love Roe versus Wade, right, at best. But at worst, some of the things that I've mentioned could happen from its enactment. We just don't know what the courts were going to do. But I don't see how you're going to tell a 15-year-old, I'm sorry, you can't uh, have sex with your 30-year-old friend. It's no longer statutory rape. It's your reproductive freedom. And you can go get an abortion afterwards. Parents won't even know. No one will, will be able to stop you. Nothing. It, it's just, it's sickening what it's going to be able to do and unleash, especially for profit. Just consider women can just sell their eggs and people can buy them. It'll be this. It, it's almost a form of human trafficking in uh, the reproductive you know, eggs and sperm. That's what Proposition 1 can make a fundamental right without oversight, without health oversight of the state to say, well, what drugs are you using? What procedures are you using? Is that safe? Is that clinic uh, licensed? I don't know if that they're going to be able to license it because, again, it's talking about a fundamental reproductive right. So those are additional reasons to strike down Proposition 1 and vote no against it. Susan, so we have two issues here, as I understand it. We have, we have obviously a AB 2223 that's sitting in front of the governor now. We probably need the governor's number. If one of you could look that up right now, and we yes. literally give it on here, if you could look that up. And I, put, I put it in the chat room already, Jim. It's already oh, in the it. chat room. But no, just, uh, Mary read Ellen, it. Read it out loud. To, read it to us. Read it out loud. Okay, it's area code 916-445-2841. And ask him to veto AB 2223, Assembly Bill 2223. Thank you. 2223. And the number again, 916. Go ahead, go ahead, Mary Ellen. Go it, ahead. It's 916-445-2841. That's Governor Newsom. 916- 445-2841. Call Governor Newsom. Tell him to veto AB 2223, the infanticide bill. It's and vital then, that we do that. And then call every friend you know of for Proposition 1. Susan, you have given us a jolting explanation uh, that I'm still trying to recover from this moment. I'm sorry, it's bad news, but this is it is worse than it, it it's it's it expands past abortion. It is it is jarring and jolting. And the thing is, no one's talking about that. They are trying to represent uh, Proposition One as literally this, you know, cheerleading for Roe versus Wade as though they're just making a virtue signaling statement. But if I'm reading this correctly, it will expand all kinds of additional threats to human health and to our children's health. We have, we have to get off the air here. We're going way, way too long. We have two people to pray, but I, uh, Susan, this quick question, summarize in 30 seconds, if you can, your time on the Dr. Phil show. 
Um, I was invited to be one of the three panelists. It was supposed to be pro-life versus pro-abortion. When we got there, Lila Rose and I and a Dem for Life were all there. And then they decided to just pull up Lila Rose, put her up there by herself so that she faced off against a civil rights attorney and a, a, a lady from now, the National Organization for Women. And it looked like they were ganging up on Lila Rose because they didn't pull us up as well. So they misrepresented to us what this really was going to be like, um, leaving her alone to be attacked. We were able to get in some good points. It, they went and taped two hours. The first hour has already aired and been summarized. The second hour is still to be aired. I'm expecting it this week. I just don't know when. I was able to get more points in at that time. But this really was very, very lopsided and very uh, unfair to the pro-life community and our viewpoints because the very key thing that Dr. Phil did, I don't know if he does it on purpose, but he conflated the issue of when the science says life begins. We all know when it begins, egg and sperm meet. That's when life begins. And he kept saying, well, no, scientists just don't believe that. There's not a consensus. And uh, I was incredulous. And so was Lila Rose. We know when science begins, but I realized what he was doing afterwards. What he is conflating is the notion of the right to personhood. When do we as a community decide that this life deserves legal protection under the law. That's the debate our country has been having, having for 50 years. That's the debate that won Dobbs. That's the debate that we are now taking into California saying, no, life begins when you know, the right to life begins at conception. The pro-aborts want to say, well, maybe not, maybe not birth, maybe after birth, maybe 28 days after, maybe 22, 23, could be three years old. They don't want to give us that, that they don't want to go by science. And Dr. Phil participated in that confusion, and that was very disheartening. But I saw all of the comments to the, the segment that was on YouTube, almost all, I think 99% were, they saw how biased it was and how unfair the segment was to Lila Rose especially. And so her message of pro-life got through despite the attack. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.